This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high of silver, the Lone Ranger. western United States, the deeds of the famous masked rider of justice will never be forgotten. With his faithful Indian companion Tonto and his great horse Silver, he fought crime wherever he found it. No odds were too great for him to face. And to the mysterious phantom figure of the plains belongs the greatest credit for the triumph of law and order in the old west. And now, adventure beckons on the trail ahead once more. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver, old fellow. There are rustlers in Black Hawk Valley. As the Lone Ranger rode by on Silver, he said that rustlers were active. Between the Black Hawk Valley and the border lay a range of hills, cut by numberless winding canyons. Most of these canyons were covered with what is known in the southwest as Malpais, that is, hardened lava, 
spilled there by volcanic disturbances ages ago. The rough canyon floors, too flint-like to receive the marks of hoofs, served the purpose of rustlers who wished to move stolen cattle without leaving a trail behind. It is night as our first act opens. A small herd of cattle bedded down near the hills is suddenly disturbed by shots and approaching horsemen. Get him! Get him! Get him! Get him! Get him! Get Get him! Get him! Get him! Get Head him off from this way, Rusty. Don't let him circle. Keep him on the run till we get into the canyon. Get along there, you bleeding critters. Get along there. Uh, them cows are sure running the legs off, Rusty. We ain't got much time. A bunch of the ranchers over to Clay Rimson's place right now. They heard them shots. They'll be high-tailing their troops as fast as they can. We won't waste no time. We'll head up to the canyon we used last time. That's the nearest. It'll do as good as any. Sure. Get along. Come on, you critters. Keep moving. How many cows you figures in this bunch? Well, I'd say there couldn't be less than 400. Well, it'd be my guess. <laughs> the boys have sure got things figured slick. We're doing all right. Say, ain't that the mouth of a canyon right ahead? That's it. Ain't got much farther to go until we're safe. All right, you blame on Rick. Step along there. Keep moving before I speed you up with hot lead. Oh, Burn him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clay Remsen, the largest cattle owner in the valley, had taken the lead in the fight upon the rustlers. A meeting that included the sheriff and a group of valley ranchers was in progress at Remsen's home when they were disturbed by the shots of the rustlers. They immediately left the house and rode in pursuit. Now we see them on the rocky approach to the hills. The sheriff is speaking to Remsen. Well, Clay, I reckon we'll have to give up. There ain't a chance to pick up the trail of the rustlers once they get into the hills. But compound a chance, we gotta do something. They got most 400 head of my stock this time. I know that, Clay. What can we do? There ain't a man alive can read the trail of your cattle in the canyons, in spite of this bright moon we've been going by. And in 24 hours, they'll be across the border and I'll never see them again. Clay, we'll catch them rustlers one of these days. I'm beginning to wonder about that. Yeah? There's been rustling in the Black Hawk Valley for the past three years. And not a blame rustler's been jailed yet. Look here, Matt. How many of your cows been sold? Two years ago, I was ranging more than 5,000 head. Now I ain't got 2,000. And I've lost twice as many. Tompkins down the valley's just about wiped out. Shelby come to me yesterday to ask if I'd buy his brand so he could get a start somewhere else. And it weren't a month ago I bought Sanger out for the same reason. I've been doing the best I can. And your best ain't good enough. Meaning? Meaning I'm sick of losing cows every week or so. I'm thinking it's about time we got a sheriff and give us some protection. Now, hold on a minute. I want results, and by golly, I'm going to see that I get them. You feel the same as Clay does, man? Well, Dave, I always liked it, but things can't go on like this any longer. I've been thinking of selling out myself. You have? Only I don't know who'd want to buy the way things is. I never figured you was a man to give up. I ain't much choice left. I can tell you there ain't a rustler living will force me out of business. I'm going to see this thing through to the finish. The odds are against you, Clay. I wouldn't advise you to buck them. If the rest of you fellows won't back me up, I'll fight them coyotes alone. You will? I never yet said anything I didn't mean. You're taking on a mighty big task, Clay. Look at the way this here valley lies. All that's between it and the border of these hills, and there's at least 50 canyons cutting through them with solid rock bottoms that don't show trail signs. I know that. It'd take a hundred men to do any good. We'd have to block every canyon, and that just ain't possible. Maybe it ain't for you, but I got a plan. What are you figuring on, Clay? First off, I'm buying Shelby spread, just like I bought Sanger's. Now buy yours too, Matt, if you want to get out. I want men that can fight in this valley. Are you serious about buying my spread, Clay? I sure am. Then I'll take you up on it. You're a single man, and you can afford to stay here. But I got my family to think about. I got to make a living for them. And drop around, see me in the morning. We'll talk terms. I'll do that. I blame sorry about this, Matt. There ain't a finer range in the valley. I ain't blaming you, Sheriff. Neither am I. But I ain't sitting back no longer doing nothing. We're either. all willing to do what we can for you, Clay. You've failed too many times. From now on, I'm dependent on just one fellow. And that's myself. 
I'm getting back to the house now. Yeah, we might just as well. Them rustlers stumped us this time for sure. But there'll be a next time. And that's when they'd better watch out. Get up there. Get up. Later that same night, we see the Lone Ranger and his faithful Indian companion, Tonto, camped beside one of the narrow canyons leading southward through the hills toward the border. It was scarcely five minutes after they'd extinguished the flame of their campfire when Silver uttered a shrill whinny. What is it, Silver, old fellow? What's the matter? Something wrong. Trying to give us a warning. You hear anything, Kimosami? Uh, me hear plenty. What is it, Tonto? You wait. You here now? Yes, I do. Cattle are moving down this valley. Uh, and horsemen are driving them this way. Not strange thing. It is. And there's no good grazing land south of the hill except beyond the border. The cattlemen would wait until daylight to drive their stock. Unless... What you think? Unless they're rustlers. Oh. The herd will go directly past us. And I don't believe we can be seen up here. Oh, them not see us. Tonto, there was only one chance in a thousand that led us to camp beside this valley tonight. Uh, but we're going to take advantage of that chance. Here, Silver. We're going to learn where this herd is being taken. That's plenty good plan. Right, Connor? Yep. It'll be easy to follow them. The noise they make will guide us while we stay out of sight. Not, not right. They won't be out of the hills until daylight, and then we can drop still further behind and follow the trail they leave. That's plenty easy. Someone across the border is receiving these cows. First, we'll find out who he is. What then? And then perhaps we can find out who's in charge of the rustling on this side of the border. Oh. Right, Tata. They're almost below us. We'll let them pass before we take up their trail. Last man and Tonto followed the herd throughout the night. In the morning when the cattle were permitted to halt for water, they remained carefully hidden. When at last the herd reached its destination across the border just after nightfall, the Lone Ranger and Tonto were close behind. They watched from shelter of a grove of trees while the cattle were driven into a large corral. This is where the cattle are taken, Kimasabi. On this side of the border, the law can do nothing. Mm, that bad thing. These men are getting rich. The cattlemen in the valley are losing everything they own. Tonto know that. Tonto, look at that man in charge. Oh, him, fellow named Dawson. Rusty Dawson. That him, all right. And Rusty is Remsen's foreman. That means that at least one of Remsen's men is dishonest. He's selling out the man he's working for. Him, plenty bad fellow. That explains why the rustlers always took cattle that weren't guarded. That explains why none of the traps set for the rustlers by the cattlemen succeeded. Rusty had that information and could act upon it. Isn't that right. I wonder, though, if Rusty is the real head of the rustlers. Mm, me not think that. How do I? Maybe the man who receives the cattle. Uh. And maybe someone in Black Hawk Valley. From what I've heard of Rusty, I doubt that he could organize a thing as big as this. Maybe Sheriff Rustler. It could be the Sheriff. In the three years the Rustlers have been active, he's never captured one of them. Uh, These are only guesses. Now is our chance to learn more. The men have finished with the cattle. You got plan? Rusty went into the house with the man who seemed to be in charge here. Uh, me, sea fella. Come, Tonto. The men have gone to the bunkhouse, and it's too dark for us to be seen. We'll get as close to the house as we can. Uh, yeah, we... Perhaps we can hear enough to help us. There's no guard outside. I suppose it feels safe this side of the border. Well, you can handle any cows from here on, Buck. You just leave it to me, Rusty. There's about 400 of them by my count. Did you look them over? Uh-huh. 400 is right. When do you think you can turn them over to the buyer? Oh, it'll be another week, anyhow. It's a hard drive for them cows from the valley. I'll let them rest for a couple of days before I send them out on the trail again. That's a good idea. There's something I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah? Did you bring any money this trip? Oh, you see, Buck. So you didn't, huh? Listen, how long do you figure I'm going to wait for my cut? You won't have to wait much longer, Buck. You're darn tootin' I won't. You can tell... Hold on there. 
Don't you go mentioning the boss's name. Oh, it's a harm. We're alone, ain't we? That's orders, and you know it. You and me are the only two fellows that savage who the boss of this setup is. And even we ain't to mention him by name. But, uh... There's a couple of your men in the next room. Maybe they ain't sleeping. They're not to take chances. All right, all right. All I'm doing is telling you what the boss said. Just the same, that don't change what I was going to say. You tell the boss for me that either I get the cash it's owing to me, or we're not doing business together anymore. You don't need to worry about your share, then. I never did like this way of doing things anyhow. Yeah? I turn the cattle over to the buyer, but I don't collect no cash. The boss does that himself. Sure he does. And that means I gotta wait for my cut. Now, uh, why in blazes can't I collect and send him the cash? You ought to know better than that. The boss don't take chances on nobody. I'll double-cross him, huh? That's the way he looks at it. Ain't none of my doing, though. I swear it was. Now, take it easy, Buck. It won't do you a mighty good to kick any. When the boss decides on something, that's the way it's got to be. Well, you can tell him for me that I don't trust nobody either. Meaning just what? Meaning that I want my cash turned soon. He was to bring me my gut for the cows that was brought over the triple four. But there's been four trips in a row now without no payoff. How much you figure is owing you? Four thousand dollars. And that ain't enough when you stop to consider he's using my men for his work. The boss reckoned you might be getting kind of restless. Yeah. So we said to tell you there were some other things you needed the cash for right now. Now look here. But if you had to have it, he said he'd raise it somehow and send it over. Oh, that's more like it. I gotta head back to the valley right soon. I can't be staying away too long or someone will be suspicious. Uh-huh. Won't take me long for the trip riding along. I'll tell the boss what you said and I figure I can be back here with the cash by Thursday night. That suits you? If you ain't here Thursday night, I'm going to raise plenty of trouble. I'm telling you that right now. I'll be here. I'll come in after dark. And when you bring the cash, you can let me know when you'll be needing my boys for another raid. I'll do that. But from the way things look, I reckon it'll be a couple of weeks or more before we be helping ourselves to valley cattle again. Come, Tuller. We didn't get the information we needed most, but we can't stay here longer. Rusty will be leaving soon. No, we not learned much. We don't know who's at the head of the rustling gang. We do know it's neither Rusty or Buck. Uh. What's more, Rusty and the chief of the gang must be the only two who are on the other side of the border. From what they said, Buck's men are brought over to do the rustling. That right. And that means that unless Buck's gang can be captured on the other side of the border, the law can't touch them. That make it plenty hard. Here we are, Kimasabi. Quiet, Silver. <laughs> what we do now? Tyler, we're going to make our camp as close to this ranch as possible. I believe I have a plan that will trap both the chief and the gang. Come on. Get on point, Father. The curtain falls on the first act of our thrilling Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, we do something right here, uh huh. The Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude, Calabunga, to the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You 
You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Now to continue our story. The Lone Ranger and Tonto, hearing rustlers driving stolen cattle through a narrow canyon, leading from the Black Hawk Valley to the border, followed them to their destination. In the meantime, the ranchers in the valley decided they could no longer afford to raise cattle when rustlers could steal them so easily. Our second act opens the next morning in Remsen's large ranch house. The sheriff and Matt Gilroy, another rancher, are present. Clay Remsen is speaking. Well, Matt, do you still figure on selling out? I do, if you ain't changed your mind, Clay. But I wouldn't blame you if you had. These rustlers are a darn tough proposition. <laughs> they ain't gonna drive me out in the valley. What do you drop in for, Sheriff? I reckon you know you ain't too welcome here. I didn't come from choice. Matt asked me to witness agreement between you. Is that all right with you, Clay? Yeah, but I shouldn't think you'd be feeling very friendly toward the Sheriff either. If he'd done his job like he should have, you wouldn't have to sell out. Shucks. I ain't holding nothing against nobody but them blamed rustlers. Well, then let's get down to business. What kind of a price do you think you can give me, Clay? How many head of cattle you got to live? Mm, they ought to run close to 2,000 head. Mm, I ain't so sure. You've been losing a heap of cows. Ooh, I don't reckon they'll run much under that. Hey, there, Clint Shelby outside. I've been expecting him. Didn't you say something last night about him wanting to sell out too, Clay? Uh-huh. Looks to me like there ain't no one of you with nerve to hang on when things are going tough. Come on in, Clint. Well, Clay, I rode over like you told me to. Howdy, fellas. Hello, uh, Clint. Howdy, fellas. Matt here wants me to buy his spread. Well, I figured as long as the both of you want to sell out, I'd talk to you together. That suits me. But the only reason I'm buying is to show them rustlers that all the ranchers in the valley ain't yellow. No need to talk that away, Clay. Well, Dad, that at all, it makes me sick to see a bunch of thieving polecats drive common out of the finest grazing land in these parts. And I'm blaming you most of all, Sheriff, for letting them get away with it. Now, look here, I... Even won't get us no place. All right. I feel like Matt does. If I can't make a living here, I'm going where I can. How many head of cattle you got left, Lynn? I can't say offhand... Maybe 3,000, maybe more. Mm. I got a proposition to make. In the first place, I ain't gonna pay the market price for cows that maybe be stole off me. We don't figure on holding you up any. I'll pay you a flat price of $10 a head. Half down, the rest a year from now. And that's as high as I can go. I don't know. If that's your price, I'll take it. I ain't in no position to bargain. And if you're willing, Matt, I'll take the same. Good enough. And I'll send my riders with yours to make a count of the cows you got left. We can get a close-off estimate that way. Just as you say. I'm agreeable. Then when the count's made, we'll get together again, and I'll pay you your first half. Why are you going to get the cash to swing a deal like that, Clay? The bank and town will lend me the money. They've got it. If all the cattlemen leave the valley, they'll go bust. You fellas agree to the terms I just stated? It's settled as far as I'm concerned. I and mean, the quicker I sell, the better pleased I'll be. Then we'll start the count the first thing in the morning. I'll send my men around at daybreak. <laughs> counted their herds, the Lone Ranger and Tonto watched the ranch across the border that received the stolen cattle. On the night appointed by Rusty to deliver the cash to the outlaw Buck, they rode to a position beside the trail leading to Buck's ranch. These trees will hide us from the trail, Tonto. Uh, this is the way Rusty will have to come when he brings the money to Buck. That's right. Right, Silver. When he arrives, Kimosabe, we must make sure he doesn't escape us. 
If it does, our plan will fail. Mm, not get way. We know he hasn't delivered the money yet. But it's possible he may be delayed. What you do then? In that case, we'll have to wait until he does arrive. Uh, maybe Listen, him... Hunter. I believe I hear a horse now. Huh? That horse, all right. May not be rusty, but we'll soon know. There, tell her, come. And it is rusty. We got here just in time. Get ready to stop him, Toto. Are you ready? Down, Toto. Come on, get off. Stop your horse. Hey, what is this? What's the stop for oil fire? I'm in his way. Stop him. Get him. Get him. Get him. Get him. You stop him. Oh, get your brother's right. Oh, You have money on you. Give it to me. I ain't, I ain't. Give it to me, I said. How, how do you know I had money on you? That doesn't matter. Hand it over. Me get out. Oh, wait. Stay away from me, Engine. I'll, I'll give it to Quick. you. Quick. Just a second. I've got it right here. Here it is. Good. How can I go? I ain't got nothing on me you want. You're staying here. Donald will want to see that you don't get away. Me watch him all right. But listen, wait. And I And if can't... you try to escape, it'll be the worst for you. Come on, Silver. Look here, Engine. Let me go. I'll pay you plenty. I'll give you all kinds of cash. You right? keep me still. Tonto takes on you. Oh, girl, in the boys is sure going to be sore when he hears about this. And the Lone Ranger raced away on Silver. Buck awaited the arrival of the money that was due him. He's complaining to one of his men. What in blazes is Pete Rusty, anyhow? If he don't show up with that cash right soon... I'm going across the border after him. No use getting excited, boss. It ain't late yet. It's late enough. You don't figure anything could have gone wrong, do you? The only thing I figure is that maybe they got a notion that they can keep me from getting my money. Oh, they wouldn't do that. Things have been going mighty funny lately. You could have had most of this cash a month ago. Yeah, that's a fact, all right. And all Rusty's been doing is stalling me off. Well, if he don't come tonight, there's going to be a showdown. Can't say as I blame me any, boss. But I wouldn't fly off the handle if I was you. Maybe Rusty just got delayed. Well, I ain't standing for no... Boss, look, it's a masked man. What the thunder? Hey, tell me that Rusty won't be here. Who are you? What do you know about him? I'm here in Rusty's place. Huh? You've seen Rusty for the last time. And there'll be no more stolen cattle coming this way. Well, what's he mean, boss? I don't know. But I'm blamed soon going to find out. Steady. I have you covered. <laughs> you were expecting money for the cattle you handled. Well, here it is. They sent you the money? You see it there, don't you? Boss, that ain't the money. There ain't enough of it. There's five hundred dollars there. Five hundred? Yes, and don't ask for more. That's all you're going to get. Look here. We're cutting you out, Buck. That five hundred will cover your expenses. But we're keeping the profits for ourselves. Boss, you was right. They're double-crossing us. If you think you can get away with this. We are getting away with it. Double-cross me, will you? You're lucky to get five hundred. Take my advice and don't try to make trouble. You'll regret it if you do. I'm going to show you. You fellas will pay for this. Stand where you are. Don't try to follow me. If only I had a gun. I your help. Stay on this side of the border. We have a way of dealing with people who try to make trouble. Let's get him. Wait. Let him go. Huh? Call the boys instead. We will show him if we're going to stay on this side of the border or not. There he goes. The blazes with him. Call the boys, like I said. We're riding to the valley? You bet we are. If we ride hard, we can be there by morning. Then you watch the fur fly. Flint Shelby and Matt Gilroy kept their crews working steadily in an effort to get the count of their cattle as soon as possible. They finished at last, and on the following morning, accompanied by the sheriff, they went to Ramson's home to complete the sale of their stock. We see the four men in Ramson's living room. Matt is speaking. 
1,700 head is what I got, Clay. That's the tally made by my men and the fellas you sent over. Uh Uh-huh. That's what they said. How many did you find, Flint? 2,300. And I can't hardly believe it yet. Just a year ago, I was grazing more than 5,000. Darn lucky for us, Clay is willing to buy. We wouldn't have a cow left in another year if he didn't. I can't get out of the valley too soon to suit me. It's sure a shame things had to happen this way, fella. If that's the way you feel about it, Sheriff, why didn't you do something to catch them rustlers? I ain't going to argue with you no more, Clay. I done the best I could, and no man can do better than that. Well, when election time comes, it ain't likely you'll be sitting in office again. Maybe we can get somebody that'll be some good to us. You got our checks ready, Clay? Just a minute, I'll make them out. I figure my check will come to 8500 I'm writing it out now. And mine's 11500 Don't be in no rush. I'll get to yours in a second, Flint. I got the papers and everything ready for signing and turning over to you, Clay. The sheriff and Flint can witness mine, and me and the sheriff will witness Flint's papers. There. $8,500. It's all made out and signed. And I still ain't sure, but what I'm a darn fool for paying that money. Ooh. Hey, who are them fellas? Strangers to me. Strangers to me, too. They're mighty tough-looking, hombre. All right, you dirty double-crossing snake. Rub your hands. Who are you talking to? Let me near this. Keep your guns on me, fellas, boys. I'll talk to Clay here. You're outlawed. What is this, a hold? I'm outlawed here. You can't do this. Shut up. My business ain't with you. It's with this double-dealing coyote over here. Get out of here. I don't want to talk like that. I didn't think you would. What's your business with you, Clay? I'll tell you our business. This crooked snake's been stealing your cattle. Then when me and my boys do most of his dirty work for him, he tries to cheat us out of our cash. And by golly, he's going to eat lead for it. I never, I never, I tell you. You sent me 500 when you owed me 4,000. It's a mistake. I sent the 4,000. I sent it with Rusty last night. You're lying. I never got it. When anybody tries to cross me, ain't got long to leave. So you're the ornery cook who's been doing all the rustling. Sheriff, listen to me. I and t- you was going to buy me out after you stole most of my cattle. That blasted polecat, he was going to buy me out, too. And that's the reason you sent the mask fella to tell me you weren't going to do business with me no more. You took the money you owed me to help buy them out. Then with you owning most everything in the valley, there won't no need for you to rustle cows anymore. Yeah, it's the, it's the same mask. Tell your men to do the same. I don't have you all covered. But I if we don't, he'll shoot, boss. I, I reckon they got us, fellas. Better do what he says. Stick up the gun, Sheriff. You and Matt and Flint can guard these men. We'll guard them, all right. Hey, stranger, where did you come from? Sato and I followed Buck here. We set a trap for him, and he was caught in it. What do you mean, a trap? I stopped Rusty last night and took the $4,000 from him. Then I delivered 500 to you. I knew you'd be angry enough to go after the man you thought had cheated you. Then, then you did send the money, Clay. You blame fool. You fell for a trick and gave the whole game away. And a darn lucky thing for Matt and Flint here that he did. Rusty's outside tied to his horse. We made him talk on the way here. Ramson stole from himself as well as the other ranchers in the valley, so that suspicion wouldn't be pointed his way. He was plenty smart, but not quite smart enough to fool the masked man. And I'll see the whole lot of you jail for this, Clay. You'll find the rest of the money I took from Rusty on the table here beside the door. Yeah, sir. but wait. Hey, don't leave. I want to thank you. Don't let him leave, Sheriff. He saved my ranch. Come here. Come back here. There ain't no chance of thanking him the way he's traveling, but there's one thing we can do, and that finishes job he's doing for us. Come on, you ordinary thieves. You're going to jail. Come on, Silver! The things are an adventure on the trail ahead!
story you have just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. to the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hi-Oh Silver, the Lone Ranger. throughout the western United States, stories are told of the thrilling deeds of the mysterious phantom figure of the plains. Cowboys tell of the bullets of silver he used in his guns, of the silver shoes worn by his powerful white horse, of Tonto, his faithful Indian companion. The masked rider of justice, Tonto, and the great horse Silver were tireless in their fight to bring law and order to the lawless frontier. And now we return once more in fancy to the adventurous days of the past. The Lone Ranger rides again. The Lone Ranger and his faithful Indian companion Tonto had been in the town of Medicine Flats, but now were riding slowly toward the north. Suddenly, as their mounts picked their way down the length of Dry Gulch, the sharp crack of a rifle brought them to a halt. Oh, oh, there's a rifle. Oh, oh, rifle. Tonto, there was a rifle. Uh, it, can he close? <laughs> Wait here. I'm going to climb the bank of this arroyo and see what's on the plane. Rifle sound from east. Yes. I'll be right back, Tonto. You see, fella? Yes. Come on, Tonto. Here, Silver. Get him up, my fella. Look ahead there, Tonto. Fella, uh, there. The poor devil. Look at him standing beside his horse. Maybe we help him. Hello there, stranger. Hi. Who, fella? Who, who, boy? Now, don't you ask no questions. I ain't in the mood to answer them. Look what a death-threaded gopher hole done. Busted the leg of the best horse a man ever owned. We're sorry. Mighty sorry. Poor old Blackie. 
Well, it's right in line with the bad luck I've been having and the good luck the Flavin bunch has had. Who? Flavins. The loss of this horse is one more thing to mark again them. If they hadn't brung me to making this trip, Blackie wouldn't have fell and I wouldn't have had to shoot him. Your trail came from the north. Hey, your mask. Put your hands up. Put them up, I tell you. You just noticed the mask? Soon enough, by darn. Heist your hands, Rod. Blow Take your hands. easy. You forget that you just fired your rifle, and it's a single shot. Now lower it. And don't get the idea I'm an outlaw because of a mask. Single shot. Hmm, so it is. You were heading for Medicine Flats. Perhaps we can help you get there. You got long trip on foot. Yeah. Say, would you help me get to the flats? We can arrange it. Uh, you ain't one of the Flavin gang. What do you think? <laughs> Guess not. You wouldn't be around here if you was. And if you was, you wouldn't be helping me to the flats. I'll I'll take the saddle off of Blackie. <clears throat> My name's Abe Chetwick. Maybe you heard of me. What about Flavin? Honorary coyote, that's what he is. I was heading for the flats to hire some gun toters to help me lick the polecat. What him do? I wonder if I can't maybe hire your guns, mister. I see you toting a brace of powerful big ones. Let Tano take your saddle and bags. He'll take care of things. You tell me about Flavin. I'm getting to it. You see my girl, Molly's her name. She married a young miner by the name of Dave Carter. Carter? You know him? I've heard of him. Then you must have heard of Flavin. Flavin's bunch is claim jumpers. Jumped Dave's claim. Stole it outright. Dave went to see him about it and never come back. That's a story I heard in Medicine Flats. You coming from there? Yes. Dave and Molly settled in the flats, you see. Me, I stayed back to home where I always lived. I had a letter from Molly telling me what happened, so I packed up and started for the flats to see about it. I heard that story when I was there, Abe. Flavin denies that he saw Dave Carter. Lion skunk, that's what he is. Sure he's seen Dave, seen him and killed him. Then hid the body. Nothing can ever be proved, and Molly can't never get the claim. Flavin's a powerful man in Medicine Flats. Sure he is. He's got one claim after another. near owns the hull of the gold region. Last one he got was the Rosalinda. That was Dave's and Molly's. And I'm going to make him confess to stealing it and give it up. How? Huh? How do you plan to make him confess? I don't know yet. You think he'd admit stealing those claims when he knows nothing can ever be proved against him? Well, I figured if I could hire some men to make him talk... I'm afraid you have the wrong idea, Abe. Justice can't be carried out in that way. Now, look here. Maybe you're bartering. I got cash. I got all the cash I need. I'd like to hire you. Our guns aren't for hire, Abe. I aim to get some men to make that rat square up or die. I doubt if you'll accomplish it. We'll see. If you'd just get me to Medicine Flats, stranger, I'd be everlasting grateful. <laughs> we'll hang the saddle in the tree there, Tonto. Uh, Tonto, do. You take your saddlebags, and he can ride on silver with me. I'm sure obliged to you, mister. We can't take you all the way into town, eh? But we'll drop you on the outskirts. That'll be downright fine. Give me your hand. I'll help you up. Right. Yep. Here you come. Uh, there we are. There. Saddle. Saddle all right there for a time. You can pick it up later, Abe. I'll get a horse in town and come back for it. Come on, Silver. Quite come on. Lone Ranger dropped Abe Chetwick at the edge of Medicine Flats, then circled the town and entered unseen from the other side. In the meantime, Molly, Abe's daughter, was surprised by a visit from Ned Flavin. We see them standing in the doorway of her home. You. That's right, Molly. I waited a long time for coming here, but finally I had to do it. You better clear out. There's nothing I want to hear from you, Ned Flavin. Not so fast now. I got plenty to say, and you're going to hear it. Then say it and go. There's been stories circulating around town about me, and I reckon you're the one started them. Well, what about it? In the first place, I didn't jump Dave's claim. I got a half a dozen men that'll swear I staked that claim to the Rosalinda perfectly legal. Dave was no place around at the time. That's a lie. Dave was staking the claim, and you've seen him do it. 
Then you and your men closed in on him. The men delayed him, so you got to the office to file the claim before he did. That's the story he tells. That's the truth, and you know it. When he found you beat him to it, he went to see you and called for a showdown, and you killed him. That's another story you've been spreading around town. I didn't kill him. Didn't even see him. You better quit telling that sort of thing. More lies. The night he was supposed to have been killed, I was over to the cafe all evening. Maybe you was, but you had men hired to kill him. That makes you just as much to blame. You can think what you like, but just remember this. Unless you can prove what you're saying, don't say no more about me. If you do, well, I'll make you wish you had I'll say all that I have a mind to, and someday I'll be able to prove what I say. Now, look here, Molly. Why don't you think it out? Don't you suppose that maybe Dave run away from you? <coughs> Why, you... You said about enough, Ned Slavin. Now, you clear out of here. I'll show you. I said get out. Put on that bullwhip. Get... You'll pay for that. Here, I'll hurry up. If you wasn't a woman, I'd fix you for that. Remember what I said and hold your tongue, that's all. Ornery rat! <laughs> Abe arrived in town, he first stopped at the cafe before going to his daughter's home. At the cafe, he studied the men assembled at the bar and around the tables. Many of these men Abe knew were gunmen whose services could be hired. We see him as he speaks to a hard-faced man whose guns bear several notches. Fifteen dollars a day and I pay for all the cartridges. It sounds fair enough. I reckon I'll take the job. How many men you got lined up so far? Got two, and I can use a couple of more. You know any more gents that are likely to want a job? Yeah. A lot big galoot yonder would be glad to take it. Huh. He don't look like much of a lead slinger. He's pising with a gun with either hand. Besides that, he's got a grudge against Flavin. A grudge, eh? Well, I'd give him his chance to square it and get paid for doing it. What you aiming to do? I aim to call on Flavin for the boys I'm hiring and make him sign over the deed to the Rosalinda mine. I see. Reckon you heard about it, eh? There's been some talk. Well, he's going to sign that claim over to my daughter, and then he's going to tell me what become of Dave Carter. There's been considerable said about the way Dave disappeared. Some folks think Flavin had him killed. We'll make him confess, and then he'll swing for it. He's got some pretty good shots working for him. Well, that's why I want to get a half a dozen dead shots of my own. When do you aim to see him, eh? Tonight, if I can get the boys lined up on time, I'll go talk to your friend over yonder. And if you see anyone else that wants the job, you can speak to him for it. Plenty trouble come tonight. We'll have to work fast, Tonto, if we're going to prevent a fight. Is my disguise all right? Hmm? It's plenty good. We have a look at that plane tonight. But before we go there, here's what you're going to do. What? That. Old Abe will undoubtedly go from here to his daughter's home. Wait outside the house. You'll meet him before he goes in. I'm surprised to see her old man. <laughs> Glad I got things lined up as quick as I did. Well, the house is lighted all right enough. Look at Molly's there. Someone else ahead. Someone outside the house. I wonder... You stop here. Huh? What's this mean? Put on that gun. Me want money. Why, doggone if it ain't the engine. Tonto, what are you... Hand over money. Why, you blasted thief, I... Quick. Me take cash. I'll get square with you. I'll show you what Tonto, you... Tonto, take him. You keep hands up. Ratcha, I don't know better than telling him to go a masked man and engine. You knew I had the cash. You've been laying here and wait for me. Uh-huh. See here, I'll make a deal with you. I'll give you most of all the cash I got. But let me keep enough to pay off the men I hire. You not keep money. 
Tonto, take him. I savvy. You went to Flavin. He sent you here. You're taking my money so I can't hire any men. Just wait till I get the face, Flavin. I got plenty to settle with him. Me take money. No. Now you go in house. I'll get square. You just wait. Me see you by and by. Yes, we'll meet again. And the next time by Thunder, I'll have my gun handy. You won't get the drop on me again. Oh, is that you out there? Yes, it's me. Draft the corn sound luck. I just got robbed. An ornery redskin sucked me up and took my cash. And just when I thought I had things lined up to make that flavin' critter talk. What do you mean, Pa? Come in here. Oh, I'm a-coming. Well, it's nice to see you, but my sakes alive, what a way to come here. What a way is right. First I hear of you is you being held up outside the house. Get robbed by a redskin, I trusted. I should have known better than telling him I had cash money. Yes, you should. Ain't no use chasing him, neither. I seen his horse. Seems like being robbed runs in the family. The worst of it is I had the men all lined up to fight for me. Now I can't use them, can't pay them. Fight for you? That's what I said, Molly. What were you planning to do? Plan to hire some gunslingers. For what? To face Flavin and make him tell the truth about things. What? Admit he stole the Rosalinda and turn it back to you. Admit he'd fully done today. Oh, Pa, do you think he'd be so stupid as to admit the things that'd hang him? He'd admit them by turn a go down filled with lead. Remember, he's got some men of his own on their right handy with guns. They might have something to say about who got shot. Besides, Pa, he's got the Rosalinda all recorded in his own name. We can't prove anything. Only by his own confession. And he ain't confessing. Oh, Dad, but it seems like everything I do turns out wrong. But I ain't done yet. I ain't done, not by a long shot. Molly, we ain't licked yet. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Now to continue our story. Abe Chetwick, riding to Medicine Flats to hire a gunman to force a confession from Ned Flavin, met the Lone Ranger and told him his story. Then Chetwick hired some gunmen, but Tonto held him up, taking his cash and making him drop the plan. Meanwhile, the Lone Ranger, disguised as a mine worker, went to Flavin's home near the Rosalinda Mine. Give me a job in the mine, and I'll give you some information. Yeah, what's it about? About someone who's hiring killers to attack you. <laughs> that ain't news. I heard about it. Why, that blasted old fool. If he tries to attack me, he'll find his bit off more than he can chew. He seems to think he can make a lot of trouble for you, Flavin. Yeah, well, let him try. The law's on my side, ain't it? The Rosalinda is mine and nobody else's. Abe thought he might be able to make you confess to a few things. Confess to what? Claim jumping and murder. <laughs> How did you come to hear about all this? Abe might be able to prove this claim is not yours. There ain't no way on earth he could do that. Yes, there is. I know a way you can prove it and how you can stop him. Well, what's that? My price for that information is a job. Know anything about mining? Enough to hold a job with you. You got me curious, stranger. Do I go to work for you? You're on the payroll. Now tell me how Abe Chetwick can prove any gosh darn lie about me. 
and how I can prevent his proving that same. Dave had tunneled a short distance before he struck gold and decided to stake a claim here. I ain't admitting that's true. You needn't admit anything. While Dave was in the tunnel, he saw you coming and knew what to expect. Why, you... He wrote a claim and left it inside the tunnel with a date on it and the hour. And on the same paper, he wrote what he thought you'd do. I ain't found no paper like that. Who says he wrote it? He did. That's a lie. He told the story to a man between the time you staked the claim and the time he disappeared. I don't believe it. I have a pretty fair idea where to look for that paper. You're hired. Now, mind you, I ain't said there's any truth in your story. But it strikes me as a darn clever way to get a job. You come on with me and I'll get you started. Good. A short time later, while the Lone Ranger was working near the mouth of the tunnel, Flavin left him and made his way to a side shaft some 50 feet distant. He followed this tunnel until he came to a chamber that was illuminated only by a single candle. The faint light revealed the bound figure of a man on the floor. Well, Dave, I've been learning things. I reckon I'll have to gag you so as you can talk. But mind you, the first sign of you letting out a yell, and I'll bash your head with a gun butt. There, gag's out. You're right. Take your time to get your tongue loosed up. Here, take a swig of water. You ought to be blamed glad I ain't killed you yet. Glad I come here frequent and give you water. Drink your fill, and we'll talk. How long you can... The only reason you're still alive is because I figured I might find need of you. Molly. Oh, Molly. I got news about her that's downright important. I'll tell you that news. If you tell just where you hid the paper to prove you was in this tunnel when I got here... I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you do. You sunk a shaft here and done some work before you tried to stick a claim. When you see me coming, get rid of note and hit it. Where's that note? Tell me, Flint. What about my wife? What about that paper? I, I don't know what you're talking about. Lion. Well, make it over some more. I got plenty of important news about your wife. <laughs> tell me. <laughs> Not a chance. Not till you tell me about that paper. Honest. Honest, Flint, I, I don't know where you got that idea. Well, we'll see. I'll just gag you again and let you do more thinking. If you didn't write nothing well and good. If you did and you're lying to me, you'll be downright sorry. That night, when the other laborers at the mine had departed, Tonto secretly joined the Lone Ranger. The two of them worked hard with pick and spade near the mouth of the tunnel. When daybreak was near, the Lone Ranger spoke to his faithful companion. Almost finished, Kamasami. The work inside the tunnel is done. Mm. Work outside soon. Yes. And then we can arrange for the accident any time we want it. Uh But come, we've got to keep digging if we're to finish our job. Throughout that same night, Abe Chetwick lay sleepless. But he wondered what he could do to regain both the money stolen from him and the mine stolen from his daughter. But morning still had brought no solution to his difficulties. He is hollow-eyed and worried as he passes his coffee cup to Molly. Fill it up, honey. Maybe it'll brace me up some. Pa, you mustn't worry so. That won't help none. Must be some way. A man that's in the right is supposed to win out in the end. And I'm in the right. Not when you plan murder and bloodshed, Pa. No, look at the things Flavin's planned and done. We've had a lot of setbacks, Pa. <laughs> setbacks. Sometimes it seems like we'll never get to the end of all our troubles. But things always work out. This will work out, too. 
It's just got to. Well, it sure surprised me to find that engine a crook. I wonder... What do you wonder? He's taken your cash, made it so you couldn't hire those gunmen, didn't it? Yes. Might be fate sent him, Pa. It won't fate at all. It's just his downright cussedness. I'll see who's there. You sit still, Molly. I'll be clearing off the table. Oh, Sheriff Perkins. Howdy, Abe. Why, good morning, Sheriff. Hello there, Molly. I'll step in if you don't mind. Nothing wrong, I hope. Nope, that is. I hope not. Heard you was in town, Abe. Got in night before last. Yeah. Spent a half hour in the cafe, from what I hear. That's right. He was in town all day yesterday and never took the trouble to look me up. What's the use looking you up? When a man avoids the Lord, sometimes because he aims to start a lot of trouble. I don't need to start trouble. Trouble comes and slaps me right in the face. Like when you heard I was robbed by a redskin. Yeah, heard about that. Ain't seen no sign of him, have you? Maybe I have. But tell me, Abe, what's this about you trying to hire a lot of gunmen? Killers. Well, I didn't hire him. No. You lined him up night before last, and then you went and seen him yesterday and told him the deal was off. Well, my money was stole. What'd you have in mind, Abe, when you hired him? Well, I... You may as well tell the truth, Pa. I aim to make Clavin confess to being a claim jumper and a murderer. You aim to clear up a claim jumper's misdeeds by killing a half a dozen men. Never mind what I aim to do, Sheriff. If you want to keep yourself busy, hunt down the redskin that stole my cash. Didn't need to. He hunted me down. What do you mean, Sheriff? Here, Abe. Reckon this is your cash. Great day. Where'd you get this? The engine brought it to me. Now maybe you won't wag your tongue so free about the way law and order is enforced in this town. What'd he give it to you for, Sheriff? Well, he was a sort of peculiar critter. He fetched it to me and said to bring it to you this morning. Said I might do well to stay here till we heard a big blast over by the Rosalinda mine. A blast? Then what? Well, according to what the engine told me, we might do well to go there when we hear the blast. I'd like to hear a blast that'll blow Flavin into eternity. That's what I'd like to hear. Oh. Well, reckon there ain't no more business to attend to here. Now I'll be getting on. I wouldn't forget that about the blast if I was you, Abe. It might be important. Did you hear that? That sounded like a blast. It's come from over by the Rosalinda. It was a blast. Come on, we're going. Reckon I'd better go along. Look at that white horse heading this way. Look at that horse travel. That's the man that fetched me to town. The partner of the engine that brought me. Yeah? Oh, 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 oh. Hi there. Hi there, stranger. Oh, get a posse. Get to the Rosalinda mine at once. Abe, you get over there, too. What's going on? He said to get a posse. Get over there if you want to hear a confession. I'll see The blast, prepared and set off by the Lone Ranger, filled the mouth of the mine with rock and dirt, trapping Flavin and the miners inside. The explosion started water flowing into the tunnel. As its level steadily rose, the imprisoned men shouted in panic. We're drowned. We can't get out. It'll take a week to get through that cave. Anyhow, dig up all the ground. There's solid rock outside this mud. We can't get through. It's a blast. Bring them in here. It's been stolen. Get us out of here. The water goes to my knees. Crowd had quickly gathered outside the mine. The sheriff was present with his deputies as well as Molly and her father. Hunter was there also, but his presence was overlooked when the people discovered to their astonishment that the masked man, mounted on silver and holding two guns in his hands, refused to let the crowd go to the assistance of the men inside the block shaft. Quiet! Quiet, everyone! Inside there is Ned Flavin and his miners. You can hear them. I'm going to let you hear something. Flavin! Flavin! If you want to be rescued, get some men quiet and listen to me. We're Get us out of here. Are you men there with you? Yeah. Get us out. We're down. Unless you bring the owner of the Rosalinda with you, you'll be left to drown. I'm the owner. I mean, Dave. He's in there. Get him and see that he's the first to come out. 
He'll also confess to jumping his claim before I release you. What sort of game is this, stranger? Put those guns down in the name of the law. Law be concerned. This fellow makes his own law. You mean Dave is in there alive? What do you say, Flavin? I won't confess to nothing. The rest of it will. He's a crook. He's all your day. Let him out. He can't draw my crack in here. Where is Dave? One of the boys are shouting him. No, no, you can't do that. I won't confess. It's a frame-up. Dave! Dave! Molly, I'm here. Where are you? Are you all right? Yes, I'm all right, Dave. Oh, listen, mister, you can let him out now, can't you? Please let Dave out. What do you say, Flavin? You can't even confess. It's a dirty frame-up. Oh, we got Dave. He's a real owner. Light us out. We'll tell you all about Flavin. We got him. Dave is here, too. Mister, let Dave out. Let him all out. You've heard enough, Sheriff? I did. How are you going to let him out? He got a key. Oh, here's a better way. Stand back, everyone. There's another blast up beneath the rock that holds them. Back, all of you. See here, mister. You can't run things to suit yourself. Leave him be. He's running things straight. Get Dave out, mister. Dave. Back, hurry. Come on, Silver. Push them back. You men inside the cave. Stand back for the blast! All right, Shadow! There they come! Then where are you with the mask? I want to know what. Where are your prisoners, Sheriff? You'll be able to turn this claim over to the rightful owner. Flavin, who's going to kill me? Hold on. You deputies, color Flavin, and all the rest. I'll steal the mask! Hey, that mask goes right away! Even me! Flavin's a critter we want, and we got Flavin. Now that mask rider is gone, maybe I can have something to say around here. Come on, Silver! Stretch out those great legs of yours! Fellows waiting for us on the trail ahead! copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!
thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high of silver, the Lone Ranger. phantom figure of the plains was the most daring character ever to ride in the cause of justice during the days of the early western United States. He fought crime without thought of danger. He brought law and order to a country where the standard of right was might. And now, another thrilling adventure comes to life. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, silver old fellow. Order this and in Texas and must tumble ahead. Get down those great legs of yours. fortunes were made in the new Texas oil fields, ranch owners and farmers both turned their attention to the new wealth that lay beneath the surface of the earth. Boom towns rapidly arose, and in one of these, Cal Godfrey started his Wishbone Cafe. The newly rich, eager to spend their fortunes, provided him with a thriving business. Every night, a crowd jammed the place to celebrate, and Cal was the moving spirit behind the festivities. Order up, boys. Next round's on the house. You two strangers, come on, step right up here and get that sour look off your face. What'll it be? Nothing. We're here on business. Business? 
You can't do business after sundown. Listen to that, boys. They come to the wishbone on business. <laughs> We're looking for a man named Gregory. You ain't talking about Stonewall Gregory, are you? The name we have is Martin Gregory. That's Stonewall, Box G Ranch. <laughs> Maybe you're oil men from the east. You guessed it. We're from Pennsylvania. Well, take my advice and stick around the cafe where it's safe. Stonewall can smell an oil man a mile away. And if any of them comes too close, he takes down his shooting irons. What does he have against oil men? Claims they've ruined the country. Stonewall breeds the best horses in the state. He's got the best ranch hereabouts. And he swears that nobody's going to turn it into a sinkhole. You ain't got a chance of wangling lease out of Stonewall. He's plain ornery when it comes to oil. We'll take our chances on that. How do we get to the ranch? Oh, it's a close ten miles. Better wait till morning and... Never mind the advice. Just give us the directions. I'll fix you up with a guide. Hey, Injun. Uh? You've been loafing around here long enough. These gents got a job for you. What job? You know where the Box G Ranch is? Uh? Then borrow yourself a horse and show them the way. Um, me, John. Good. Come on, George. I warn you, Stonewall won't even let you get close to the place. We'll take our chances. Lead the way, Indian. For 20 years, Stonewall Gregory had struggled to increase his land holdings. Year after year, he had added to his property, until at last he owned close to a thousand acres. We see him now in the living room of his home, speaking to his wife, Martha. It's my land, Martha, and it's going to stay the way the Lord made it. Folks call me Stonewall. That's because you're so stubborn. I ain't stubborn. I'm just standing up for my rights. And the next palavering oil man that comes sneaking around here is going to get filled full of lead. You don't mean that. I'll show you. Well, I suppose there ain't no use in reasoning with you. Don't you get your mind set on something? You're just like a mule. I'm standing up for my rights. All I say is you could raise just as good horses up north away. And with all that money you'd get from the oil leases, you could buy twice as much land. Maybe so. But I couldn't buy it as good. What makes my coat sell for such high prices? It ain't because you're smart. I never saw a man with such a poor head for figures. I'm a horseman. I ain't no bookkeeper. Go on, answer my question. What makes my coats sell so high? Well, they come a good stock. Ain't it natural they should take after their sires and mares? Sure. But there's something else, Martha. There's something in the grass here that just makes a coat grow fast and get strong. This grazing land's the best there is in the whole southwest. How about the north hundred? The grass is mighty poor up there. You got an offer for that parcel from the mayor that come I told you to burn that letter. I did burn it. But you've got to admit that land ain't no good at all. I won't admit nothing. There's a fine creek runs through it. There's better water to the south. Then why do the coats and the mares run up there every day? They run for the sake of running, not for the sake of water. I've seen them when they didn't touch a drop. Just splash around a little and then go racing back to the good grassland. There's something special about that creek. And I ain't selling the land to nobody. Oh, all right. Ain't no law says I gotta do it. Ain't no law says a man can't show good sense, neither. Hey, where's my gun? There's somebody outside. Oh, it can't be oil men this time of night. Never can tell. Now be careful, Stonewall. Don't go shooting at any of our neighbors. Well, what's the matter, Prince? Oh, there's three men riding up. Oh, I thought I... an engine. Oh, this way. Who are you and what do you want? All your dogs out, Gregory. We're here to talk business. You can state your business from where you are. The company I represent wrote you a letter about a month ago. So you're an oil man, huh? Now, pa, don't go loco. We want to lease your north hundred acres. I ain't going to lease one square inch of my ranch. And if you three don't get away from here before I count ten, I'll fill you full of buckshot. Be reasonable, Mr. Gregory. That north hundred isn't any use. 
Do you? It's got the best water in the world on it. I ain't selling, I ain't leasing, and I'm starting to count. One, two, three, He'll give you ten thousand dollars for it. Five. You hear that? Six. Ten thousand dollars for a lease. Eight. Nine, ten. No, you don't. What'd you push my gun up for, Marcy? Because these strangers ain't hurt you none. Let me go. They're oil men, and they're trespassing on my property. You'd best get out of here before he reloads, gents. We're going, ma'am, but we'll be back. I'll use bullets instead of upshot next time. Put one foot on my land, and you're as good as dead. Man's sakes, what a man. They come riding up to the door you... wanting to give you $10,000 a I meant what I said. The next oil man that comes sneaking around here gets shot on sight. It was Tonto, the Lone Ranger's faithful Indian companion, who had led the two Easterners to the ranch. As the oil men returned to town, Tonto followed them, overhearing a portion of their conversation. When he reached the masked man's camp later that night, he repeated the events of the evening. What do the Easterners plan to do now? In one, two day, them try again. I'm afraid they won't succeed. It's too bad, Tonto. That north hundred acres of Stonewall's property isn't any good to him. Him say water good. There's nothing exceptional about it. Him say yes. He's trying to justify his attitude. There's better water and much more of it in the southern section. Stonewall will be sorry that he's turned down this offer. Mm. I rode over his ranch today. Buildings need repairs. Mm, that right. He probably intends to fix them up when the cattlemen start buying horses in the fall. After roundup, huh? What Stonewall doesn't realize is this. The cattlemen will be putting their extra cash into oil land this year. Stonewall isn't going to sell half as many colts as he used to. Mm, that right. It'll be a hard winter for the old man. I wish there was some way we could persuade him to give those Easterners a lease on his land. Mm, them crooks. Crooks? Me hear them talk. You mean that they're trying to swindle Stonewall? Ah, uh, them crooks. They represent a big company, Tonto. I don't believe there's anything wrong with their offer. Them get lease, not pay. Them keep money. So that's it. I wonder how they'll try to work it. Me not know that. Well, it's a good thing that Stonewall drove them away from that. I'll have a talk with them before they try to see him again. afternoon, the two Easterners, Bentley and Shane, rode along the boundary of Stonewall Gregory's North 100 Acres. We hear them discussing their plans. If we pull that scheme, we both lose our jobs. You're crazy. I can work it so as we'll have absolute proof that Gregory was paid. He won't even talk to us, though. These Westerners shoot first and discuss a thing afterwards. Hey, there's a rider coming toward us. It isn't Gregory, is it? No. Look at that horse travel. I've never seen such speed. The rider's mask, Bentley. Come on, we better turn back to town. We can't get away from him. Well, he must be an outlaw. What of it? All our money's locked up at the hotel. When he finds that out, he'll shoot us. Oh, oh boy, oh. Bentley! Don't be a fool. If he's out for money, we'll promise to give him plenty as soon as we get back to town. I'll handle it. Keep quiet. Oh, 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 oh. Hello. That's a fine horse you got there. Yes. Oh, listen, mister, we don't have any money. We don't have a penny on us now. But if you let us ride back to town... Uh, I don't want any money. You're an outlaw, aren't you? Some people think I am. Uh, we're just a couple of poor prospectors. We're new to this country. I know who you are. You represent one of the biggest oil companies in the East. No, that's wrong. You've got us wrong, mister. The Indian who guided you to Gregory's ranch last night is my friend. He told me everything that happened. Well, what do you want? I may be able to help you. What do you mean? 
You'd like to get a lease on this property. Do you think you could persuade Gregory to sign? Have you had a chance to talk with him? I'm certain of it. You can't help us there. He drove us away last night with a shotgun. The West has a code that you may never have heard of. No true Westerner ever refuses the shelter of his roof to a man that's in danger. I don't understand. Ride out from town tonight, just as you did last night. When you get within half a mile of the ranch, you'll hear shots. Then head straight for the ranch house. Sato and I will follow you. And Gregory will think that you've been attacked by outlaws. You're sure that he'll let us in? Absolutely. It sounds good to me. You aren't doing this for charity, stranger. How much do you want? We'll talk of payment later. Start from town at 9 o'clock. Hi-yo, Less than half a mile. It's dark. Maybe he missed us. There he is. Come on, get up, get up. Come on, get up. You've got a gun. Shoot it once or twice. No, I'm afraid the horse will get scared and throw me. There's the match house. We better stop here. Come on. The old man said he'd shoot us on sight. He'll hear those shots behind us. What's going on? Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa boy, whoa. Whoa, whoa there. Whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. I have warned you, pesky varmints, and now I'm warned. No, no. Uh, save us, Gregory. There's a masked man and an Indian following us. Listen to those shots. There's the men down the road. They'll kill us. Get off my horse. You've got to give him protection, Pa. We didn't mean to come here, Mr. Gregory. We were just riding along the road, and those bandits started shooting at us. Let us stay until it's safe. Then we'll go away. That's all we ask. There are a couple of tenderfeet. Let them come inside, Pa. They're oil men. And I took an oath that no oil man had ever stepped a thro- foot through my front door. Can't you forget they're oil men? We'll be killed if we leave here. You might just as well shoot us with that gun you got in your hand. I'd rather take it that way than in the back. They're telling the truth, Pa. If you send them away to be murdered, they ain't hurt you none. They've hurt the whole state with their oil wells. You're hurting the state right now. You're going into partnership with bandits who aim to kill two innocent men. You can't do it, Stonewall. You may be stubborn, but you're honest and law-abiding. You've got to give him protection. Get inside. Well, thanks, Mr. Gregory. You're saving our lives. Get in. I'll let you stay until morning. But if you start talking oil, I'll shoot you. I swear I will. The curtain falls on the first act of tonight's Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot, fun surprises, and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. (laughs) From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude, cowabunga, to the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Browsers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F E N I X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Hello, Phil! 
fiery horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high of silver, and the Lone Ranger. Now to continue our story. Bentley and Shane, two Easterners, offered Stonewall Gregory $10,000 for an oil lease on the north 100 acres of his ranch. But Gregory refused. Santo informed the Lone Ranger that the two Easterners planned to swindle Gregory out of his property. But the masked man, knowing that it would be to Gregory's advantage to sell, offered his aid to the Easterners. He and Tonto pretended to attack Bentley and Shane, and the Gregorys gave the Easterners shelter. Our second act opens the following morning. Bentley and Shane are having breakfast with Stonewall and his wife. You're a wonderful cook, Mrs. Gregory. Thanks, Mr. Bentley. Uh, have some more biscuits. You too, Mr. Shane. I sure will. Do you figure that we can get back in town safely this morning, Mr. Gregory? You won't have no trouble. That outlaw won't be showing his face in broad daylight. I declare I'm almost glad he started shooting at you. It ain't often we meet folks from the East. You told some pretty tales about what's going on there. Mighty tall ones, if you ask me. Oh, hush, Pa. It's been a rare treat having you two gentlemen as our guests. I don't believe your husband agrees to that, ma'am. Of course he does, don't you, Pa? Well, ain't so bad when they don't talk about oil. We've kept our promise, haven't we? I reckon. You're welcome to come again under the same condition. No, Mr. Gregory. We'll be taking the train back east tonight. Our company sent us out here to do business with you. Now, looky well, here. Don't worry. I'm not going to mention the subject again. But as long as we can't do business, there's nothing to keep us here. I guess we won't have any jobs when we get back to Pennsylvania. Why do you say that? Well, our boss told us that if we tried hard enough, we could get Mr. Gregory to sign. He won't believe us when we tell him how hard we tried. A lot your boss knows about Stonewall Gregory. That's my land. Your husband's perfectly right, Mrs. Gregory. I always say this is a free country. and that the man's entitled to his own opinion. You're darn tootin' ears. It ain't fair that you should lose your jobs, though. You just tell them how you stood up and said your piece even when Pa had a gun pointed at you. Oh, they wouldn't believe us. Say, George, if Mr. Gregory were to write a letter stating his case, they'd have to believe us. Uh, I wouldn't do that. I ain't much of a hand at writing. Well, would you sign a letter if I wrote it? Sure he would, wouldn't you, Pa? Well, I... Oh, wouldn't hurt nothing, I suppose. I'd like to tell your company a few things so they wouldn't bother me no more. Do you have a pen and some paper, Mrs. Gregory? In the parlor. You come right along with me and I'll find you a real nice place to love. We'll wait here, Tonto. These trees will hide us from the house. Tonto not like help. We've only helped Stonewall so far. Bentley and Shane won't leave until they have his signature. After that, we can make sure they don't cheat him. Crooks, horses in corral. And I see them, Tonto. Don't wait here until they leave. You better take some of the fellow back in the woods a ways. They may be seen. Hmm. Silver. White fire. Mr. Bentley. I'm going to leave one with you. Whatever for? Just so you'll have a record of it. You mean we gotta keep it? That's what a businessman would do. Well, I declare. That sure proves Stonewall ain't no businessman. I'll just sign them now and, uh... Thought you wanted Paul to sign. I do. But this is more of a statement than a letter. Will you ask your husband to step in? Stonewall, come here. I only need your signature. Didn't take you long, Bentley. What's the letter say? Do you want to read it? I ain't got my specs. You read it. All right. <clears throat> this is to certify that your Mr. Bentley did his best to get me to sign the following agreement. Receive payment of $10,000, for which consideration I need my oil rights 
in the North Hundred Acres of land registered as the Box G Ranch to the Meredith Oil Company. The Meredith Oil Company will have the right to drill such wells as are necessary. Never mind all that. I wouldn't let them start drilling on my land for $50,000. Then just sign here, Mr. Gregory. Uh, here? That's right. Yeah. Now, uh, now this one. Uh, why two papers? This one so we'll have a record, Paul. Oh. Yeah. I, uh, I wonder if you'll sign two, Mrs. Gregory. Me? If we have both your names, it will make things a lot easier for us. Uh, here's a pen. Thanks. I used to write a real... Pretty hand. Uh, but the rheumatism sort of cramps my hand now, and uh, there. Oh, that's fine. Thank you, Mrs. Gregory. You and your husband have saved our jobs as well as our lives. We're grateful. Land sakes, is the least we could do. Uh, are you going now? Oh, we'll have to. Still going to take the train tonight? Yes, sir. Uh, don't bother about our horses, Mr. Gregory. We can get them. Oh, they're hitched right outside. I told one of the boys to bring them up. Goodbye, Mr. Bentley. Goodbye, ma'am. It's been a pleasure knowing both you and your husband. Come on, George. Uh, goodbye. If you have any trouble with your boss, just let me know. We're all fixed up now. Goodbye. There goes $10,000, Stonewall. Oh, sometimes I think you're the stubbornest man in the world. Well, I ain't having no oil drilling on my land. You sure settle that. Mr. Bentley was awful nice, though. I felt sorry for him. He got around you by saying he was a good cook. He got around you by listening to your horse talk. That's well, a lot better than oil talk. Well, they've gone. That's all there is to it. What are you going to do with this paper there? Don't know if there's anything to do with it. Paul! A masked man! I'll take that paper, Mrs. Gregory. What do you want with it? I want to read it. Paul! You'd better give it to him. Oh, here. You'll get it back before long. Where's my gun? Let me at him! It must be the same outlaw that shot Mr. Bentley. Open the door, Marty. Oh, Oh, get him, Paul. Oh, why don't you shoot? He called his horse Silver. Silver? Yeah. What do you suppose he's doing here? Bentley is a crook. He swindled Stonewall. How him do that? I'll show you. Oh, Silver. Oh, oh. This is the paper I took from him. If the first two lines were torn off, it would be a legal lease. That's exactly what Bentley will do with his copy. Oh. He has Stonewall's signature witnessed by his wife. Before long, men and equipment will arrive at Bill for Oil. Then Stonewall make trouble. It won't do him any good. Bentley used a different handwriting for the first two lines, and he can claim that Stonewall inserted them afterward. I expected some such trick. That's right. But you want Stonewall sign lease. But that isn't what I meant when I said that Stonewall had been swindled. Bentley will claim that he paid Stonewall $10,000. This paper says received payment, and Stonewall signed it. What we do? Bentley and Shane were sent here by their company with the money to buy the lease. They probably have it hidden someplace in their room at the hotel. We go there? Not until it gets dark. Maybe crooks leave town today. No, Kimosabe. They'll take the train. That isn't due until midnight. We'll circle back to camp and wait there. Come on, Silver. Get him up right now. Bentley and Shane were confident that their plan had succeeded. That evening, the two men were in their room at the hotel, making final preparations to leave town. Finished packing, George? You want me to put the money in here? No, I'll take care of it. Bring the candle over. 
What are you doing with the lease? It isn't a lease yet. I'm tearing off the top lines. Nice and even. <laughs> now, we have both a lease and a receipt. And $5,000 apiece. <laughs> not bad, George. Not bad at all. I'll see who that is. Uh-huh. It's the mask man. Yes. I hear that you're leaving town. We aren't trying to run out on you. Come in. How much do we owe you for the job last night? I want $10,000. What's that? You're crazy. I'll give you $50. Hand me that money belt, Shane. Now listen, stranger. I'll make it 100 but you Put can't... Put up your hands, Bentley, and step back from the table. He's got his cover. $10,000 is my price, and I'm collecting it. If you set a party on my friend, it'll mean your lives. Who is it, Bob? Oh, land sakes. What do you want with us now? Here's the paper I took from you. I'm going to show you what Bentley did with his copy. You're tearing it. Now, read it. Both of you. Receive payment. Why, this makes it all different. A dirty devil crossing oily varmints. Bentley and Shane tricked you into signing a lease and a receipt, Stonewall. They can't get away with it. Yes, they can. And it's to your advantage. That north hundred acres is worthless for raising stock. It's oil land. You're standing in the way of progress by holding on to it. Stranger, it practically says here we got the money. We didn't. They didn't pay us nothing. Here's your money. Count it, Stonewall. You'll need it before the winter's over. Oh, glory be. Ten thousand dollars. I had to take this money from Bentley and Shane by force. I tried to swindle you, but you can still turn the tables on them. Just tell me how. They don't realize that you suspect anything. They'll go to the sheriff with the story that I robbed them. Get into town as fast as you can and tell the sheriff your side of it. Bentley and Shane need a taste of Texas justice. Call down to the bunkhouse, Marty. Tell Slim to saddle Blaze. All right. I'm on my way, stranger. Texas justice is just what them ornery critters is going to get. Side of the room. You've but he took $10,000 from it. You've got to do something, Sheriff. Can't you round up a posse and start after him? Give me a description. He's tall and he's masked. And he rides a white horse. Calls him Silver. Silver? So you caught the ornery thieves. Good work, Joe. Gregory. What are you talking about, Stonewall? I'm talking about these two mavericks. They tried to rob me. Let's get out of here, George. Stay where you are. I got you covered. Same here. Go on, Stonewall. What's the charge? I gave them an oil lease on my North 100. They were supposed to pay me $10,000. But instead, they figured on keeping it for themselves. They'd have got away with it, too, if a friend of mine hadn't stopped them. That friend of yours don't happen to ride a horse named Silver, does he? He sure does. That's enough for me. You two are going to jail. By the time you get out, you know that it don't pay to meddle with the Lone Ranger.
have just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. With a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high of silver, the Lone Ranger. generations, the citizens of the western United States have kept alive the memory of the mysterious phantom figure of the plains. They tell of his great white horse, Silver, and of his faithful friend, the Indian Tonto. They still speak with gratitude of the courageous fight waged against crime by the famous masked rider of justice. And now, as the hoofs of Silver thunder down the trail, let us recapture those days of thrilling adventure once more. The Lone Ranger rides again. Silver, he said that two old friends of his needed help, Bolivar Bates and Hacksaw Hastings, two cheerful but irresponsible veterans of the Civil War, had collected the taxes in Las Palmas County with the aid of the Lone Ranger. Then, with their commission in their pockets, they rode westward to the Catamount Hills, where they decided to make their home in an abandoned cabin until another profitable enterprise came their way. As our story opens, we see Hacksaw in the Acme Restaurant. Bensonville's leading eating place. He is seated at a table in conversation with Aggie McGuire, a waitress, and Bart Sidney, a friend of the proprietor, Pete Greer. Hacksaw, as usual, is boasting of his adventures. I'm telling you, folks, me and Bolivar had them fellas in Las Palmas Fair Buffalo. At first, they didn't hanker to pay their taxes. But when we ventilated a dozen of them, they changed their minds right smart. 
You mean you shot and killed him? No, it weren't our shooting that done for him. It was just that we left him so grafty from bullet holes, they catch cold and died. Oh, my. Did you get much cash out of it for yourselves? Well, then, I'd say we'd made us eleven or $10,000 in silver. Can't much, but still it'll do for a grub steak part. You got all that cash just from collecting taxes? Well, any darn fool knows it's more profitable collecting taxes than paying them. I heard such a lot about how mean they are down in Las Palmas. You must have been awful brave, Hacksaw, to take a job like that. Brave? Say, I'm so plumb full of courage, sometimes I scare myself. Did you say you still got that cash? Sure we have. We're hanging on to it till we find a good use for it. And $11,000, you say, huh? Oh, maybe it'll run a mite over that. What's a thousand dollars one way or the other? I suppose you put all that cash in the bank, didn't you? No, siree. Me and Bolivar are sight too smart for that. We ain't letting no strangers have the use of our cash. You see, Bart, that's what I always said. I told you plain that Hacksaw weren't only the bravest fellow I ever met up with, but one of the smartest, too. Shucks, I was smart enough to be Jeb Stewart's right-hand man. Bolivar was his left. Or was it the other way around? Drat it, I never can recollect which is my left hand, which is my right. <laughs> I always remember but thinking of which hand I write with. Uh-huh. That'd do for some, but I can't write. Never figured it'd be good for me. I think you're just grand, Hacksaw. Uh, what's that? You're brave and you're smart and you're just the kind of a gentleman a, a woman would like. Oh, I don't know. Yes, sure, Hacksaw. And I'll bet you wouldn't ever do harm to a lady or, or let anybody else do harm to her either. Gee, is there anybody been doing you any harm, Miss Aggie? No. That is, it's nothing I'd like. Oh, that's Peter. I'd better be seeing to my work. There goes a mighty fine little lady, Bob. Uh-huh. I ain't never heard nothing again, eh? Say, Hexaw, being as I'm a friend of yours, I hope you got all that cash hid in a safe place. <laughs> sure I have. It's in the cabin. But there ain't nobody that'll find it. Well, I'm right relieved to hear it. You'll never catch two old hands like me and Bolivar getting callous. I reckon not. Like I was saying, I... Hi, golly, Pete slapped Aggie. Yes, that'll teach you to mind your business. Next time I step out, don't you be setting down to gab with the customer. Hey there! What's the idea of hitting Aggie? Well, this gold goat. Ain't none of your business. Oh, Hexler, hit me, hit me just because you saw me talking to you. You don't shut your mouth. I'll give you another slap. That's fun you will. I won't, huh? You get out of here before I throw you out. My thunderation, that's just about enough. Why, you... Ah, Take that. And here's another. Hit a lady, will you? Oh, Hexler, watch out. He's got a chair. You blasted Maverick, I'll fix you. No, you don't. You missed me. I won't give you a shit. Boy, coming after you. I'll show you guys for my partner. I'm giving you a hand. Come on, Bert. He's trying to wreck the place. I'll lick the both of you. Shoot him, Bert. Shoot him. I can. Aggie's got a hold of my arm. Oh, you beast. You brute. You ain't got a horn, Hexel. Here's one for you, boss, for mixing in. Now. Yowie. If Bolivar was here, we'd take on the whole town. Come on, you fellas. I'm waiting for you. Then take this. Oh, man, Hacksaw, let go. Oh, oh, Simbrobo. Oh. Hey, what in blazes? Let go my arm. Oh, cause enough damage, Hacksaw. You're coming with me. Take him away from here. It's a masked man. On your way, Hacksaw. Out of here. Hey, you're the masked fellow me and Bob from that up with before. Yes, and I thought you'd learned enough to stay out of trouble. Now, come. I ain't going without Aggie. Come on, Miss Aggie. Let's clear out of here. I'm going with you, Hacksaw. I saw your horse outside, Hacksaw. I want you to ride out of town as fast as you can. Sure, I will. Hurry, Aggie. We're leaving right now. And don't come back here. Come on, Silver. Bless you, Hacksaw. You wrecked my place. I'm sure going to see that you pay for the damages. Hey, come back here. Just try and collect. You started this fracas, and by golly, you can blame well pay for it yourself. 
Bolivar Bates, suspecting nothing of what had happened in town, had just stepped outside his cabin when he saw Pete Greer, owner of the restaurant that Hacksaw had wrecked, riding swiftly toward him. Bolivar greeted Pete with a shout. Hi there, Pete. What you doing up this way? I'm right surprised to see you. You're the partner of Hexall Hastings, ain't you? Sure, but... Then I want my cash. Cash? What are you talking about? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. That blame fool sidekick of yours came into my place today and smashed it to pieces. He did? The selfish old coyote. Why in places couldn't he let me take a hand? He lit out without paying for the damages. So as he's your partner, I reckon it's up to you to pay. Me? You got cash here, ain't what you? What if I have? I ain't paying none of it out to you. That eating place of yours ought to be smashed up. I had a slice of apple pie in there once, and I ain't never felt right sick. Hacksaw done $100 worth of damage, and by golly, somebody's got to pay me for it. Maybe you did something to make Hacksaw mad. You ought to be careful. Him and me are fighting terrors. You didn't give him a piece of that same pie I had, did you? Ah, you... Now, don't make faces at me, or I'll go to town and finish where Hacksaw left off. Wrecking my place ain't all that old maverick done. Yeah? He run off with Aggie, too. That's not not lie. Well, Aggie wants so much as a waitress, but she brought customers into my place. There ain't many women a fella can hire out in this country. Hacksaw wouldn't run off with no female. I'm telling you, he did. Don't take my say-so for it. You can find out in town easy enough. Well, he's done some darn funny things, but... I never knew him to do something like this before. From what I've seen him, I'd say he's likely to do most anything. If he's run off with Aggie, where'd they go? Aggie's ma's got a place at the edge of town. I reckon that's a place to look for him. Hi there, General Sherman. Quit stuffing yourself with that glass and come over here. Well, what are you aiming to do? I'm going to town, that's what. And if I find you've been stretching the truth about my partner, I'll attend to you personally. How about them damages? Send the bill to Aggie's ma. Maybe she'll pay for him. But if you think you're going to get any cash from me, you're plumb mistaken. Get up, General Sherman. Get along with you. Bolivar urged his horse along the trail to Bensonville, determined to learn the truth of the story told him by Pete. In the meantime, the Lone Ranger had returned to the small, well-hidden camp he shared with his faithful Indian companion, Tonto. The masked man told his friend of Hacksaw's fight, then proceeded on to town. In the meantime... Hacksaw accompanied Aggie to the home of her mother. There, the waitress cleverly appealed to Hacksaw's sympathy. Golly, Miss Aggie, you sure put me in mind of my sister back home. Oh, Hacksaw, you're just saying that. Plan's sake, I don't know why I should. Honest, Miss Aggie, I ain't just saying that to make you feel good. It's the truth. I ain't seen Cynthia for a long time, but I bet you and she look a heap alike. Well, if that's so, I, I hope she's happier than I am. Huh? Ain't worrying about Pete, are you? No, that ain't it. I sure wish you'd feel free to tell me about it. I'd rather not, Hacksaw. You wouldn't believe me anyhow. Oh, no, Miss Aggie. And besides, it's something I've got to face all alone, I reckon. Now, you look here. I ain't the fellow to let a real nice girl like you worry, none, when I might maybe be of help. I, I don't know whether I ought to say anything or not after... after what Bolivar told me. You mean my partner, Bolivar Bates? Please, Hacksaw, don't you pay any attention. I, I didn't mean to let it slip out. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. What about Bolivar? Please don't make me tell. Come on, speak up. Well, when I asked him for the loan of some money for for my mother... Go on, don't stop now. Oh, it was just that I I didn't know where to turn for help. Mom needs a doctrine so bad, and I don't make enough money to help her. And, yeah? And I heard Bolivar say something about how you both had plenty of cash. So I figured maybe you'd be willing to loan me some. I'd have paid it back. Honest to would. <laughs> well, if that's all that's bothering you, Miss Aggie, I reckon it can be fixed up all right. How much cash do you need? But, 
Volliver said you wouldn't let him loan it. Huh? What's that? That's the reason I didn't want to tell you about it. You mean to sit there and tell me Volliver claimed I wouldn't help you out? There. I knew all the time you wouldn't believe me. But uh, I should have just kept still. Now, don't get mad, Miss Aggie. I, I ain't saying you're fibbing. Just forget about it, Hacksaw. That's all I asked. I won't either. I ain't said I didn't believe you, have I? I want to know some more about what Bolivar said. Oh, it was just that the cash belonged to both of you, and you wouldn't let him loan any of it to help me out. Why, that concerned old Skinflint, using me to cover up his own orneriness. I don't want to cause trouble between you. I'll get the cash for you, Miss Aggie, and I'll tell Bolivar a thing or two. No, no, don't do that. Huh? I wouldn't want Bolivar to know I said anything to you. You've got to promise me you won't tell him. No, but... I promise. Well, if you says I have to... Don't you see? It, it just makes things worse. Well, uh... Uh-huh. It might have that. How much cash do you need, Miss Aggie? Uh, I think maybe seventy-five or a hundred dollars would be enough. Then by golly, you're going to get it. You're awful nice. But you won't let Bolivar know you're bringing it to me, will you? Not if you don't want me to. I was thinking maybe you might get it without his knowing and, and bring it to me tonight. Sure, I will. You could meet me outside by that big oak sometime after after dark tonight. You see, Ma's got a heap of pride, and I wouldn't want her to find out I was borrowing money to help her. Sure, I savvy how you feel. I'll wait till Bolivar's got to sleep tonight, then I'll ride back here. Oh. Huh? What's ailing you? I, I just seen Ma coming down the path. You'd better go, Hacksaw. You can get out the back way, and then you won't need her. Anything you see. And and tonight I'll be waiting for you by the oak. You got my word, Miss Aggie. I won't fail you. But by golly, I wish I could tell Bolivar what I think of his meanness. Hurry, Hacksaw. I'm a hurrying. So long. <laughs> Ma won't be laugh when I tell him about this. All of the baits come into the front door while Hagsaw goes out the back. <laughs> Howdy, Miss Aggie. Can I come in? Why, of course, Bolivar. Come right inside. I've been wanting to speak to you. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Now to continue our story. Hacksaw Hastings became involved in a fight in the Acme restaurant when Pete Greer, the proprietor, slapped the face of Aggie McGuire, a waitress. The Lone Ranger stopped the fight, and Hacksaw accompanied Aggie to the home of her mother. In the meantime, Pete informed Bolivar Bates of what had happened, and Bolivar rode hurriedly to town in search of his partner. He rapped on the front door of Aggie's home just as Hacksaw went out the back. We see Bolivar now a few minutes after Aggie admitted him. Where in Tarnation's Hacksaw? He's here, Eddie. He was here, but I wish I'd never seen him. Because he lost to your job? Oh, shucks. He had to fight, didn't he? Any fellow that wasn't a yellow coyote would have done the same. Oh, it wasn't that I was thinking of. So you've been crying. I, I didn't mean to show it. Was it that blamed Hacksaw that made you cry? Yes. Gosh, ain't he done enough already for one day? He smashes up the eating place in town, gets Pete Greer raving mad at him, and, and now he's got you crying. 
Why, he must have gone clean local. It'll be all right. Just what's he been up to, anyhow? I don't suppose I ought to tell you, but I was so hoping you and him could help me out. Help you out? Uh-huh. It's small. She needs a doctor so bad, we ain't got no money, and I thought you seemed so nice and kind, but, but maybe... But maybe what? Well, that maybe you wouldn't mind the loan or enough money so that Ma wouldn't have to die. Is your Ma that bad, see? If I don't get that cash, she'll die for sure. Why, shucks, miss. There ain't never been a time I wouldn't help out where I could. They you mean no... you, you'd loan me that money? Of course I would. But Axel said you wouldn't. He said he'd, he'd be glad to, but you wouldn't let him. Axel said that? I didn't think he was like that, but that's what he said. Well, I'll be altogether mendaciously hogtied if that don't beat all. How long's Axel been gone? I want to get hold of him. What are you aiming to do? What am I going to do? I'm going to make him eat them words or choke on them. It don't matter much which. I don't savvy where he got the idea that... But, Mr. Bates, huh? I wish you wouldn't do that. He, you'll know I told you, and there'll just be a lot of trouble about it. Please don't say nothing to him. Well, by God, You wouldn't I... want to make things worse for me than they already, would you? Hey, don't don't you go crying again. <laughs> Gosh, I just can't stand the sight of a woman crying. I'll promise you, stop them sniffles, and I'll promise anything. You won't say nothing to Hacksaw? No, siree. And I'll see that you get your money, too. You're such a gentleman, Mr. Bates. Uh, when do you want it? Could you meet me tonight? You just bet I could. I'll slip out of the house after dark tonight if you'll be here. I'll, I'll be waiting for you by that big oak out in the yard. All right. You just tell me how much you need and I'll sure be there. Maggie did not know that while she told her story, first to Hacksaw and then to Bolivar, the masked man was listening, just beyond the half-open window. When Bolivar left the house, the Lone Ranger rode swiftly to his camp where he met Tonto. Tonto, I've learned more than I had expected. Mm, what you hear? Aggie is scheming something. Maybe that she only wants the money she asked him for. She could have got that without making Hacksaw and Bolivar enemies. Maybe her want all their cash, huh? That might be a purpose. She believes, of course, that they have several thousand dollars. This may be part of a scheme to get all of it. And Tonto been to town. Seen Pete. Him plenty mad. What did he do, Kimosabe? Him talk with fella named Bart. Him talk quiet. Yes? Pete, husband, girl. He is? Uh, Tonto learned. If Pete Greer is Aggie's husband, it makes the whole thing look more suspicious than ever. Hmm. It would be a terrible thing if Hacksaw and Bolivar became enemies after their years of friendship. Never right. Pete is Aggie's husband. He started that fight in his restaurant that Hacksaw believed he had won. Then Aggie lied to Hacksaw about Bolivar and to Bolivar about Hacksaw. Uh. The plan might be... Tonto, did you say that Pete seemed to be scheming with Bart? Well, Tonto will not hear what them say. But I believe I can guess. We're going to have some action tonight, Tonto. Aggie has made appointments with two men for this evening. Uh. But she's going to find two more men than she expected. That night, Bolivar was the first to creep silently from the cabin he shared with Hacksaw. Outside, he hastily rode toward Aggie's home, but the Lone Ranger and Tonto were watching the trail to town. There's a man, Tonto. Come on, Tonto. Up, wait, Tonto. Hurry up, Tonto. A rope for that rider, Tonto. Here, rope. I'll throw it over his shoulders. There they are. Hey, what are you doing, Randy? No, Silver. Oh, oh, oh. What is this? What? 
By God, you're the fellows we met before. Well, you remember us, do you? And I figured you was my friend. We are your friends, Bolivar. Then why'd you rope me? Why don't you let me loose? Not just now. I have other plans. But I've got to get someplace. There's someone waiting for me. I You know what to do with him, Dr. Tonto. Mm, me, no. And I'll leave Bolivar with you. But blast it, you can't do this. You... I'll Bolivar, the masked man, raced away. In the meantime, Hacksaw hurried to keep his appointment. He dismounted a safe distance from Aggie's home, then proceeded cautiously on foot toward the tree where he was to meet the girl. Through the gloom of the night, he made out a figure which he assumed to be Aggie. Aggie, is that you? No. What? Careful. The... Don't make any noise. My gosh, I've I... got a gun on you. Don't move or shout. You're the masked man. I am. And I'm here to help you. You put down that gun. I don't need any help. I don't savvy what you're interfering for. Say, who's that coming there? It's Tonto and your partner, Bolivar. Bolivar? Now, what in tarnation is he doing here? You'll learn soon enough. Tonto, bring Heller here. All right. Good. What in blazes? You've got Bolivar all tied up and gagged. It was necessary, Hacksaw. Me take rope off now? Yes, Kimosabe. Uh, Bolivar, we're going to untie you. If you make a noise, that gag goes right back on. Remember that. Well, I'd sure give a heap to Savvy what's going on. Have you got Bolivar untied yet, Kimosabe? Mm, he got rope off. <laughs> now look here. I... There's no time for arguing. Just obey my instructions. Say, ain't that hacksaw there? It's me, all right, yonder coyote. I told you not to argue. Tonto, is everything ready? Uh-huh. Me stopped in town on way here. Now then, you two, you're mad at each other. So let me see you fight it out. Huh? What was that you said? If you're enemies, fight. Unless you're afraid of each other. Me afeard? Say, I ain't afeard of any fellow that ever walked. Yeah? Well, I've just been aching to get my hands on you. I'm going to punch some of that meanness out of you. You ain't got the nerve. I ain't, huh? I'll teach you to tell things about me that ain't true. Why, grab your head, I'll show you. Take this. Ow. And here's another for you. Uh, there. You can't do that to me. I'm going to give you the licking of your life. And here's one for the starter. There. I'll tear you apart. You ain't man enough. Try your brain story telling old goat about you. Hey, what's that shooting? Quick, Mr. Brown. Gotcha, you knock me down. Both of you stay down. Make believe you've been shot. I don't savvy this. Do as I tell you. Those men couldn't see Tom and me where we stood. Those shots were meant for you two. Huh? What's that? Quiet, let me talk. The shots came from the house. The men who fired them will be here in a moment to make sure they got you. Maybe I'm just plain dumb. But I don't get this at all. Don't move. Remain as you are. Gosh, mister, they'd have drilled us if you hadn't pushed us down. Yes. There come the men from the house. See them? Pete and Bart. Aggie told both of you the same story. Listen, I must speak fast. Both of us? It was arranged for Pete to slap Aggie's face so that Hacksaw would fight. Aggie knew that Hacksaw would sympathize with her and that you, Bolivar, would come looking for Hacksaw. Is that a fact? Did you come looking for me, Bolivar? Mm-hmm. He did. And Aggie made him think you refused her money, Hacksaw. Just as she made you think the same about Bolivar. She knew both of you were generous and that nothing would rile you more than to be accused of being selfish. Well, I'd be hogtied. Say, them fellows are creeping closer. Let me unload my shooting iron at him. Wait, let me finish. You two were to meet here and fight. Then you were to be shot. My God. It would appear that you had killed each other. But what fair? Why'd they want to do that? It was your own fault. You boasted all about the money you claimed to have. With you both out of the way, they planned to steal it. But what did the woman have to do with it? The scheme was Pete's. He's Aggie's husband. Did you tell them then we had a lot of cash, Hexo? Well, maybe I did stretch it a little. Not a word more. They're coming close. <laughs> I reckon we got them all right, Bart. But we won't take no chances. We'll keep our guns handy. 
If he ain't dead yet, we'll finish him off. Uh-huh. You will, will you? What's up? Shoot him! Shoot him! Shoot him! I can't say. Give me a chance. We'll you, you, you blast him. Keep him cold. Let me out. There ain't nobody can lick his back to that ball of us. That's range. Yowie! We're the fighting uh-huh. wild cats of Evermore. Come on, you skunk. Say what you got coming to Let me get in a few punches, uh-huh. hacks off. You're hogging all the power. Uh-huh. Peek down. He's out of the fight. Just a second. There. Turn household boss. Serves him right. All right, Sheriff. You can arrest these men now. What's that, the sheriff? So that's what you stopped in town for, Tonto. Uh, me tell sheriff, watch this house. That's what the redskin told me, sure enough. And I seen plenty and heard a lot more. Now I got the evidence to arrest these fellas like I've always wanted to. Oh. Get up there, Pete. You too, Bart. Come on there. Stand up, blast you. So we can knock you down again. That'll be enough, Hacksaw. You've got all the revenge you need. When I think of them fellas trying to make me and Hacksaw enemies, I'd get to singing red. Perhaps this will teach you both a lesson, then. It wouldn't have happened if you had told the truth. Well, shucks. I didn't figure they'd really believe me when I said we had all that cash. What's that? Pete, you planned this to get the money Hacksaw claimed they'd collected and lost Palmas, didn't you? I wonder if we did. But you didn't know that instead of $10,000 or so, they had only two or three hundred. You don't mean it. It's the truth. Well, of all, uh, Pete, you and me got us in this trouble for nothing at all. Bless them. But it's the last scheme either of you will try. I'll see to that. We'll leave these men in your charge, Sheriff. Right. Come, fellow. Uh, Thanks for what you both done. And believe me, there ain't going to be nothing that can get me and Bolivar mad at each other again. See that you don't forget that. <laughs> them, them, think them, be. Yes. <laughs> but I'm afraid if we hadn't been there, Pete and Bart would have had things their own way. That's right. But we won't let either Hacks or Bolivar know that they didn't beat those men by themselves. The belief that they're still rough fighting men will save their pride. Steady, Silk. Maybe, maybe them can prove now. Well, we'll hope that the lesson will stay with them, Kimosabe. just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated.
this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!